And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on? Welcome back to Spin Rate, your Toronto Blue Jays podcast here at The Athletic. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, it is time to talk about Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Spring training is done? Done-ish? I don't know. Opening day is like this week. That's all that really matters. Rosters being finalized, trucks being packed, people heading back to Canada to play baseball, what, which is what's going to happen on Friday afternoon. Did I say my name? My name is Drew Fairservice. This is Spin Rate on The Athletic. I'm joined by the co-host of, of Spin Rate. She covers the Blue Jays for The Athletic. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, back in beautiful downtown Toronto, having left beautiful downtown Florida. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, I got in very late last night. But all things considered, the flight was fine and everything was pretty smooth, which was good because there had been like thunderstorms in the area in Florida like the day before. And I heard that flights were greatly impacted. So I was really lucky that the weather was good on both ends of my journey in Florida and then arriving in Toronto. Everything was good. So, um, yeah, back in Toronto, ready to have a few days to get some things in order and then. The season starts. It's exciting. The season starts with the Blue Jays hosting the Texas Rangers at home on Friday afternoon. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Jose Barrios officially announced as the opening day starter. I believe when last we spoke, there was speculation about that being the case. But he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yes, super exciting. So we have lots of other exciting things to talk about, like third catchers being traded. And managers getting extensions, which is so exciting. But before we do that, I want to do all of the housekeeping type of stuff, which starts with a great deal for you if you're listening to this and you do not subscribe to The Athletic. I think that you should. And if you do, you want you can go if you haven't yet but want to, you should go over to theathletic.com slash spin rate, where they will give you a hot, hot deal of one dollar a month for six months to subscribe to The Athletic, to read everything Caitlin has to write about the Toronto Blue Jays, to read everything that everyone has to write about the brand new Fresh and ready to go 2022 season previews, numbers. If you're going to read stuff that Eno writes about who you're going to draft in your fantasy season, all that stuff. Every team in baseball, read every team's preview, understand what the Blue Jays are up against as they look to get back to the World Series for the first time since 1993. So go to theathletic.com/slash spinwrite to do exactly that. And as I said, get a hot deal. And then if you want to listen to this show, if you subscribe to The Athletic, you can listen to it right in the app without any ads or anything like that, which you're missing out if you aren't listening to the ads, let me tell you. But shout out to our sponsors, whoever they are. Uh, also, you can subscribe to the show, whether even if you don't listen to subscribe to The Athletic, which I think you should, but you don't have to. You can get it it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Look for Spin Rate. Hit us with a like, a rating, a review, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the show. So as soon as we hit you back with a new episode, which we should see an increase in recording schedules as the season is back underway. 
fingers crossed. I mean, there's no, no real fingers crossed. It's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet, but it's going to very soon. So subscribe to the show. Follow every uh, the exploits of your Toronto Blue Jays as they make a run at the American League Eastern Division title and beyond. And you can't make a run at the Eastern the AL East title without having a catcher who can hit left-handed but also has options, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the whole thing predicated is just hanging on a thread. Reese McGuire's lack of options was really, you know, yeah. it was it was like a the sword dangling over the 22 season. But now Reese McGuire has been traded to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for another catcher named Zach Collins, who is similar, but he can also hit uh, left. And he can also be sent down. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot else, other um, uh, analysis to add. Zach Collins is, hits about as well as Reese McGuire, which is to say, not that well. I don't know. Caitlin, what do you think about Zach Collins, the new Blue Jays catcher kind of guy? Yeah, it's funny when we first saw the trade report from Jeff Passan, I think he was the one that had it first. And it was like, you know, you're reading the first line and it's like, Blue Jays have agreed to trade Reese McGuire. And you're like, okay, they got rid of one of their catchers for another catcher. What? Like they still have three. Um, but yeah, the, as you said, the key factor there is that Zach Collins has options. And so it just gives the Blue Jays that flexibility that he can, um, you know, function more as depth or protection from injury because he can go up and down. I think that, um, the the trade of Reese McGuire did like maybe open up a question of like how will they fill out the roster because presumably now there's like maybe one more open spot um, because we were penciling in Reese to be on that opening day roster um, and now he won't be obviously will they take Zach Collins will they just take three catchers anyway like potentially if they really got used to the idea of. Kirk DHing quite a bit. And if they really did want to have Kirk's bat in the lineup a lot, like maybe they do still bring three catchers at least to start the year because they have the extra roster spots and maybe they just want to see how that works. And again, because Collins can go down, like there's, there would be no, you know, penalty to send him down at the end of April when rosters are condensed back to the 26th. The, the reason I say that as a potential is that there's not an obvious candidate to me, at least to me, like who stands out and is like, okay, this is the position player that we'll take instead. Because I think we all along have kind of said Greg Bird is probably going to make this team. And that was including when Reese was on it. Like, so he had had a spot and there's room for him. Um, so I don't know what other position player like jumps out at me as like who they would include. Like there's maybe some outfielders like Josh Palacios because he's on the 40 man. So it would be an easy, they, they really only have that one 40 man spot open at this point, which presumably is going to Greg Bird. Um, David Phelps took the other one. We know he's on the team. So the Blue Jays could take another position player. Like there was some kind of non-roster standouts. Like I remember Charlie mentioning Nathan Lucas, um, as an outfielder, he had a nice spring, but he's not on the 40 man. Um, and so I'm not sure that the Jays have anyone they're willing to take off for an extra outfielder. Um, and so then do they just like completely load up on relievers and take 11? Like maybe, like I don't, I mean, they have these extra roster spots. They're going to use them. To me, there's not an obvious position player, um, outside of Palacios. Like he did have a nice spring. They already sent him to Buffalo. It's not a huge inconvenience to drive him up from Buffalo to Toronto to meet the team on Thursday. So, 
Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I'd be interested. I mean, part of me thinks they might just load up on relievers because they have it. And like the Jays tend to be a team that loves to load up on their relievers. Um, the only like issue with that is then, then you're really going to get used to 11 relievers and you got to drop it down to eight. Um, but you know, they could just take the three catchers, uh, just because that's what they were going to do. Uh, or they could, you know, like I said, bring another position player, but no one's necessarily jumping out at me as like an obvious guy. Uh, Kato, Kosuke Kato, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but he's maybe? not on, he's not on the 40 he's man. He's not on so the 40 st- man, right. You're yeah. still like, you're still, <clears throat> then you're going to try to have to take someone off. And I don't know who's the obvious candidate to come off. Like, um, it's, you know, potentially one of the relievers, but I don't know that anyone is at the point where you're really wanting to take them off the 40 man just for, um, a Kato who, like, yeah, he's kind of versatile and that would be really good. But you also have like Espinal and mm-hmm. Biggio on your roster. You also have Otto Lopez on your 40 man already. True. Um, true. so like, I don't know that that's the move necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't, I mean, they have a lot of relievers. Maybe there's some guys that have like dropped down the depth chart a little bit in relief world, like Trent Thornton. But now with like a question mark about, Nate Pearson, because um, he's been sick and he really hasn't had an opportunity to, to build up, like maybe you now want a Trent Thornton around because at least he's capable of um, throwing a couple innings and against like teams like the Texas Rangers or the A's, like maybe you're not so worried about like the A's, right? Like you're playing the A's the second week of the season or whatever mm. it is. Maybe you need those extra relievers. Someone's got to get Kevin Smith out, right? Uh that's the soft bigot. What do they call it? The, the 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 soft bigotry of low expectations. Is that how that saying goes? Because when you when you say, well, without with Nate Pearson being sick, and then the next name you go to is immediately Trent Thornton, like things are not going great for Nate Pearson. If that if he's if he's in the same breath breath as uh, as Nate uh, as Trent Thornton, but uh, I mean obviously that's not necessarily fair or true. But um, I'm just looking around, looking around, thinking about Zach Collins. I don't think that we're going to see him in the big leagues very much at all. Um, I think he's a decent piece of insurance in case they do make a deal involving Kirk or or Jansen. Um, it's interesting that they were able they swapped him out for um, for McGuire. Reese McGuire, of course, is a is a very strong defensive catcher, a guy who. Um, who I love to watch catch, you know, all cards on the table. I think that he's a he's really really strong defensively, even just from a like an optics perspective. Um, where and obviously was was the Blue Jays' best framer last year, and, and good at I think all facets of the defensive game. Zach Collins, according to the numbers, both on Baseball Savant and Baseball Prospectus, uh, a terrible framer, like really really bad. So. You know that 380 slugging percentage that he posted in uh, in 2021 doesn't look so hot to me. But I mean, maybe it's a little bit of like a G- a Gabby Moreno insurance kind of as Moreno is going to be in, and someone's got to catch at Buffalo, right? As a, I guess uh, Gabriel Moreno will be in uh, extended spring for a little while as he gets up to speed before heading to join uh, the Bisons. With uh, I don't know, I mean, the Blue Jays catching situation is uh, is really interesting and and something we could probably. Sp- well, I think it'll definitely play out. It'll be a lot to see. And I mean, last time you and I spoke, we were wondering aloud about how much is Kirk going to catch. And I think the, now that's been answered. We are going to see Kirk back there, um, maybe a bit more than we than we would have expected a week ago when there, when the expectation was they would take three catchers north. So 
you know, it's these are the margins. But again, this is the, these are these are marginal moves on the end of the roster. But this is the state that the Blue Jays are in, right? This is what we talked about when we talked about the, the Tapia acquisition. Like, this is the Blue Jay looking to Blue Jays organization looking to tweak every spot on the roster, make every, make use of every kind of square footage, every every inch of square footage they can to put that best um, team forward and really and really win. So while it might not seem like a like a significant or monumental move. It is. It is the kind of thing that uh, that can make a difference, and and I do think that the more Collins plays, unless he comes out and surprises everybody, not really a doesn't doesn't bode well for the twenty twenty two Blue Jays of like Zach Collins for some reason is getting all kinds of reps at the big league level. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like a former first round pick, and he, he was tenth overall. Yeah, yeah, he was um, quite like high in the Chicago system for a long time, and I think they. They gave him a lot of time to try and work things out there, and so maybe he's also a bit of a change of scenery candidate as well. Even though, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be a huge impact. And you're right, like, if something has gone wrong at the major league level if he's spending a lot of time um, catching every day. But it's good insurance to have, like you said. It also. Um, it also makes it so that if there is some sort of freak injuries with Blue Jays, you're not having to rush. Gabriel Moreno up before he's mm-hmm. ready because you mm-hmm. have that insurance down at um, AAA now on your 40 man and a guy that has options. So that's, um, you know, good for the Blue Jays. And yeah, we'll see. And I mean, I always feel bad, like for Randall Gritchick, like I kind of felt bad for him in the sense of like, you come into this season thinking you're going to be on a, a team that is going to go for it and is going to be a contender. And then you all of a sudden get traded to like the Rockies. And I was thinking like, well, at least Reese McGuire went to the White Sox. I mean, they're probably going to be one of the better or best teams in the central. I would assume, even though they've had a kind of a run of injuries in spring, they just lost Lance Lynn. I saw for like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. At minimum, at minimum six weeks. Right. That's the, the, the White Sox. I mean, they weathered the storm last year with all those injuries that they, that they experienced in the outfield. Um, you know, I, I see a few folks who kind of watch the White Sox closely, and it seems like the team was built upon the idea that, like, well, we'll we'll be healthy this time, and everything will be fine. We won't have to worry, you know, about health this year because freak injuries will never happen. But, uh, but yeah, good, you know, yeah, good for Reese McGuire. Hopefully, he does get a chance to uh, to catch. I mean, he with uh, with Grandal there in Chicago. Um, you know, obviously, he's not going to get the. The bulk of the minute, or the bulk of the minutes, the reps. So, but uh, maybe maybe a chance to play. And again, a guy who's out of options, but does things well in a way that um, that gives him the opportunity to always have a job, right? Like a good, strong defensive catcher like that. Even though he is out of options, there's always going to be an opportunity for him to uh, to find work in or around the big leagues. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Charlie Montoya will not be looking for work anytime soon as he was offered a contract extension, and which I, I assume he accepted in that he's, it is... <laughs> It is in place through the 2023 season. Uh, no lame duck manager, which the Blue Jays seem to uh, go out of their way to avoid at all costs, understandably. And uh, as loud as ringing an endorsement for the work of Charlie Montoya than you could ever ask for, which is ongoing employment. So good news for the folks who like Charlie Montoya. Bad news for the folks who don't, I guess. It sucks to be you. That's... Is there any is there any further analysis that we can dig in on? I mean, I don't know uh, if when you were in down in Florida, if there if the, um, the team talked about it at all, or if you heard anything from Ross Atkins about the the work. I mean, so what did who did it was was it Teoscar Hernandez? He called, he said that he felt like um, Montoya was less of a, <clears throat> less of a manager, more like a mentor, which I think is a bit of a uh, a pretty powerful statement to come from a, a player, especially a guy who's been through the things that Teoscar Hernandez has been through at the big league level. I didn't hear that him say that, um, but that's um, yeah, that is a nice thing to say, and it doesn't necessarily surprise me because every time you talk to Charlie and you ask maybe Charlie to identify him like identify his strengths as a manager or what he believes that he brings to the table, the one thing that he always mentions is communication, and I think he does talk to players a lot. Like he likes to, um, you know, relay his decisions to them and why he made those decisions. Obviously it's helps that Charlie can speak both English and Spanish. So he can really connect with all the Spanish speaking players on the blue Jays, which is quite a few. Um, and I think that's what the blue Jays also value in Charlie is that he is, you know, when it comes down to it, he's just a really caring person and he really cares about his players. And I think that shines through. And I think that especially, um, was true and was on display the last couple of years. I mean, I was even talking to Danny Jansen a couple uh, a couple days ago, and um, we were talking about team chemistry and stuff like that. And, and he also mentioned Charlie and that and like how they were able to stay so positive and not feel sorry for themselves um, for the things that they went through in 2020 and 2021 in terms of not playing in Toronto. It really started with Charlie kind of setting the tone and saying, like, we're not going to use this as an excuse. We're just going to, like, put our heads down, play hard, enjoy ourselves, and, um, you know, things will get better, basically. So um, I think that we kind of talked about this the last time you and I talked, and I think I laid out why I think he would be extended, and it's it's a sense that he's done everything the Blue Jays have asked him to do. Um, I think this will be a big year for him because the expectations are – as high as they've ever been since he's been here, um, even higher than last year, obviously. Um, and he really has the team to go on a run. Um, and with that, I mean, I think he said this when he talked to us, like um, good teams make good managers. And I mean, it's true. Right. And like, he has a good Mm -hmm. team. He has a good team and he just really needs to kind of do what he's been doing. And yeah, continue that communication, continue to make sure players are, you know, happy with things or, or how things are going or, you know, are, are satisfied or at least understand the decisions that are being made about them. Um, and, and, you know, just go out there and, and play the team. And um, yeah, I think that uh, it wasn't uh, surprising. I'm glad that it 
I'm glad they just released the information when they did, because then we just know going forward and mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. through 2023, he's here. And then I think Shai Davidi of Sportsnet reported, um, which the Blue Jays did not say, but Shai's um, a reliable uh, source of information that uh, he would have. He has two option years, club oh. option years built into that, I think. So, like, um, I guess beyond 2023 as well, there's like two option years. So. Um, I would hate to change gears on us uh, so rapidly, but mm-hmm. something that never happens, breaking news, Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet reporting that the Blue Jays released Greg Bird this morning. Oh, So that throws a lot of the roster talk that we were just sharing kind of puts it a little bit into question in terms of what the Blue Jays are going to do and why, um, you know, what, what does that what does that mean for that extra 40 man spot that we, that we have um, been speculating over if are the blue Jays going to um, go with someone with, with the positional uh, flexibility as we were kind of talking about, is that something what, I mean, I guess he's, I guess Otto Lopez is already on the 40 man. So breaking news, breaking. So this is, sometimes we, whenever we, a little peek behind the curtain a little bit here, when, uh, when we, talk about recording a show and then there's news that comes after it's like oh news but then it's like mm-hmm. the news happens and it's like oh uh well i probably need time to think about that but here we are with the microphones early on so anyway that does uh yeah i, I do a th- i think that's a bit of a, su- a bit of a surprise and it uh it does open up those kinds of uh questions about what what it is that they're going to value and how much how much emphasis is going to go on uh, onto that flexibility and, and what does that mean for, for Coteau and, and some of the other, well, I guess mainly Coteau, that's the name I'm already seeing people being like, what does it mean for him? So mm-hmm. I don't know, Caitlin, what's your instant reacts to, uh, yeah. to Greg Bird? That's surprising because I felt like he was a good fit because he also gave them first base insurance, which they don't really have a lot of. And like Vlad, he's obviously going to be playing there every day, but they don't really have a backup first baseman who was a true first baseman um so that's interesting i mean maybe it is like maybe they want more of the outfield depth and maybe it is nathan lucas that is gonna be earning that last 40 man spot like maybe they want um the outfield bat i mean also there's um Cachot could be the guy as well um he moves like he can move around a lot and he can play all these different types of positions so Maybe that's what they would rather have. But yeah, I'm kind of still processing this because I really thought that Greg Bird was a good fit on this team. I thought that he was playing really well. He was having a good spring and he also just seemed to kind of fit a role that they needed. Um, And also he just had all these connections with the Blue Jays, like, you know, Mm -hmm. with um, Kevin Gosman and and all that. And so I don't know what they're going to do. Like I... um, I think you know what they're going to do, Caitlin. Sorry, finish what? your thought before I take no. this where you know what's going. Go ahead. Well, this is because they're going to make a trade for Jose Ramirez. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I sh- we should say that, uh, that the Jose Ramirez talk has not quieted since last we spoke. Uh, there have been reports uh, while Jose Ramirez and Cleveland Guardians were negotiating a contract extension um, with, with you know, public reports, which is always just a matter of leverage, but also that that... Uh, Ramirez likes playing in Cleveland, wants to finish his career there, but they, it would seem that they are at an impasse. And I don't know if it was Ken Rosenthal reported that if the 
if they don't make an extension, then he does expect Ramirez to be traded. Um, I think what's that gentleman's name? Hector Lo- Hector LeBron? No, who was it that was saying that the the Blue Jays? Well, Blue Jays were pushing hard. Um, Hector Gomez. Vic, yes, that's right. Hector Gomez was saying that the Blue Jays were still pushing hard for for um, uh, for Jose Ramirez. So I mean, we could sit here and, and run that train forever, but. I don't. I think it's a. We can say that the deal is not done, and B, because they released Greg Bird, is not should not suggest that they are ready to make a deal for Jose Ramirez at any moment. Is that no. fair to say? I think that's fair to say. I, I don't know. I I think even if Cleveland was not going to get the extension done, I have a hard time seeing them trade their face of their franchise like the day before opening day. I don't know. I just. Maybe I'm being like naive in the way that Cleveland operates, but uh, I can't think of a bigger PR disaster than the day before opening day, the day before you're debuting this new brand and everything that you're going to trade Jose Ramirez, who is who wants to be a part of your club and you know wants to be in the city for the rest of his career. Like you're in the Central, uh, it's a winnable division. Honestly, you look at. Chicago White Sox right now they've got all these injuries uh, I don't think the you know the twins have gotten somewhat better but I think their pitching is still kind of a question mark the Tigers are still a young team I don't know I just like I I think that if you're Cleveland um there's a lot pointing to just keeping the roster as it is to start the season and then if you want to trade Jose Ramirez at the deadline you're still going to get a pretty good package for him obviously he's still got another year of control left so it's not like you're it's not like he's a complete rental um and but honestly I don't know I don't know what to think this spring training has kind of threw me um I don't know if it's just because all this stuff that would normally be happening in December and January is like happening now mm-hmm. and so it's harder for me to like cuz when I'm thinking like well this isn't going to happen before the season starts because that's typically stuff that doesn't happen before a season starts, but we just haven't had the sort of hot stove going since um, all of December and all like, it was on, it was not, it was on hold, right. Or it was frozen. So this spring training, this start of season is kind of like thrown me. And I feel like I'm not as great at predicting like what is going to happen because I don't know, like maybe, like maybe Cleveland, just wants to get it done with. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, the Greg Bird thing, like it's surprising because I thought he fit uh, I thought he fit a role with the Blue Jays. But honestly, like maybe it's just the Blue Jays doing what they typically do and just like favoring versatility, which Greg Bird, I mean, he didn't really have. Like he only can play mm-hmm. first base or DH. Um, and you know, maybe Maybe there was other things happening too, like maybe Greg Bird's agent, like you know, got a call and said this team's gonna play you every day, or I don't know. Maybe there's other opportunities, and and Greg Bird, you know, went to the Blue Jays and wanted an honest answer, like how much am I gonna play? What's my opportunity gonna be? And maybe mm-hmm. the Blue Jays, you know, like there could be other things happening. Obviously, the Blue Jays maybe were like a little bit wishy washy on it. And he he wanted a more firm answer, and just he's got a few days now to see what else is out there, and so it's you know, the team wanting to go do right by him too and give him that opportunity. It's it's crazy because there's still so much happening like that we don't see usually trades in spring training. And then we, you know, we've seen quite a few. Obviously the Blue Jays traded Randall Gritchick in spring training. Uh Oakland 
uh, just made uh, the Sean Mania. They traded to San Diego uh, just the other day. There were a lot of talk about, you know, an Eric Hosmer deal, maybe with even Chris Paddock being included in that, but going to the Mets, but like stuff that's happening right at the 11th hour, right before people are ready to pack up and move north. Um, I remember, I, if you, I can't remember the deal itself, but somebody got traded late in spring like that. And it was like a, it caught, I don't know if how I would describe it as a, it sent a, a wave through uh baseball because people were like that's so messed up like he's got a he's just about just trying like trying to lock down somewhere to live probably for the season and now it's like it's all changing and like right before they got to move and this that and the other but this this year is a little bit different so yeah i also hmm? well laura laura armstrong reminded me which i kind of forgot about that i think it was the 28 was it the 2018 season when like they traded kendris morales like right before opening day Sounds about right. And then even the Kevin Pillar trade happened like the first week of the season, which was very strange too. Mm -hmm, Uh, It mm -hmm. was like the first week or two of the season. Because I remember like he came back like a couple weeks later, like in April with the Giants. And that was an odd time to be traded too because it was like he's just – I mean, Kevin Pillar at least like had been in Toronto a long time, so it wasn't like this guy is just getting used to this place or whatever. But like Mm -hmm. it was was just a strange timing to be getting a trade because it was like – the second week of the season, you kind of assume like this is going to be the team for a while now. And then it was all of a sudden changing. The one thing I would say though, uh, about the Greg bird piece. And I think the next move to, you know, what, whatever the, the, the follow-up move to that is and who, who it means uh, that may or may not have made the, made the club. Um, it will tell us a lot about, I tell me a lot about what, how they view their uh, offense. Right. Um, that, they, if, if they go for someone who can play a bunch of positions and is maybe in a, more of a defense first player, that, to me, that suggests that maybe they feel like, you know what? I think our offense is pretty good. We don't necessarily, cause, cause, you know, the versatility that Greg Bird offers is that he can versatilely deposit the ball over the fence where like a lot, you know, some of these middling, middle infielder type dudes, or if, uh, you know, not to say that Cato uh, can't hit, but, uh, he can't. So it's just a, like a bit of a, a, a different, you know, again, tweaking on the margins in terms of the Blue Jays need to be able to prevent a few more runs whenever they can because they're going to score plenty. And I mean, spring training doesn't necessarily mean too much, but if you look through, you know, all the Jays, uh, almost every uh, player to a man is like swinging a pretty hot bat here during spring. So that's never a bad thing to go into the season with guys being able to, uh, to do their thing. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to transition a little bit to something that you wrote for The Athletic and you were asking five questions about the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think with offense in mind, your first question is, what will the Blue Jays lineup be? I don't know if we want to necessarily go all the way through, but let me ask you this. If he's in the lineup, where do you think is the best place for Kevin Biggio? That's the question. These are, these are my five burning questions for you. Where is Kevin Biggio's best spot in the lineup? Batting uh, order, maybe, wise. or And position. I think his best position is second base. Um, yeah. And I think that he will probably primarily play second base. Um, in terms of like where he hits in the order, um, I mean, maybe it's like, sixth, seventh, um, you kind of want to maybe get a lefty in there sooner than later. Um, initially, mm-hmm. like, again, like with Greg Bird, you thought maybe if he could insert there as a DH, sometimes he would hit a little higher and then you'd have Kevin Biggio a little lower as, as that guy that can kind of like, you know, sometimes Charlie likes to put a guy that has Kevin Biggio's skill set to sort of like, keep the like reset the order or like keep the bottom of the lineup, turning it over to the top, you know, because he can get on base and getting on base is like one of his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like sometimes they talk about maybe it's like the sixth or seventh hitter in the lineup is kind of like the second leadoff guy where you're kind of like, again, you're putting a guy a little bit lower, but he has those like on base skills that you kind of want. Um, mm-hmm. And so it has, it's those sort of like your secondary leadoff guy that you're leading off like the bottom half of the order so maybe you could do that um but yeah i mean i i I sort of don't like to get too caught up in in lineup order talk because frankly i i don't find it that (laughs) exciting you asked this is your burning question what will the blue jays lineup be your question i asked in you i know Uh, and i (laughs) and i I wrote about it and it's all there and i just don't we're we're teeing it up for people to go over to read if they haven't already, go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe so you can read Caitlin's five questions for the Blue Jays. I think uh, Kevin Biggio is great in the ninth spot as well for the reasons that you listed. I think another good reason to hit him ninth is because he is a very good base runner as well. Mm-hmm. So give him an opportunity to scamper around as the guys behind him start to get on base and drive the ball to the gap or, you know, preferably over the fence. But I think that having him, um, Right there in front of, you know, if it goes Springer, Guerrero, uh, Hernandez, Bichette, I think Bichette is like a better number three hitter. That's just my preference. But um, I like the idea of Biggio running around in front of those guys, maybe more so than uh, Alejandro Kirk. Although it's not like Biggio is going to be, which I think he's a pretty good base stealer. Um, not going to like he's going to be doing that too much with Vladdy uh, and Springer up. Like, don't make an out on the bases when they're up, basically. Like, don't Biggio's, be screwing around. Let them hit. Yeah. Biggio's you know, very you can good score at score from first when Vladimir Guerrero is up. Yeah, 
Yeah. BGO is like very good at not getting thrown out. It's it's not necessarily that he's like exactly. the fastest guy, but he's pretty good at reading mm-hmm. the situations and um, he's mm-hmm. very, very rarely been thrown out. Um, it's honestly just been like a handful of times, I think, in his entire career. Bo's pretty good. Bo's pretty good at that too. Like they, it's more so like reading the situations. The Blue Jays have a mm-hmm. few guys that are very good at that. Uh, if only Kevin Biggio could figure out a way to steal first, then he would be fine. Uh, next question is about Nate Pearson. What is Nate Pearson's status? I think that question is kind of still up in the air. Yeah, it's seeming like it's it's more and more likely he's going to miss opening day, though, doesn't it? He's quite sick. Um, I don't know. Mm. We don't know what he has, but he really like he's kind of come in. Um, when I was down there in Dunedin, like he would kind of come in in the morning and sort of go and see the medical staff or the medical team. And then they just kept sending him home. Um, mm. So he, you know, the Blue Jays had said he'd continue to be tested, um, obviously for COVID. And he, at last I asked, he was testing negative. So I don't know what was wrong with him, but he really wasn't feeling well. Um, so it's unfortunate. I think that before that he was having a fine spring he was looking like he was probably on track to make the team maybe in a different role than we thought he would be like probably it was more so going to be a bullpen role just there's no room in the rotation but it's unfortunate i hope that it's not something that completely um you know derails the start of his season i would expect it won't be um unless you know this something else happens but uh Hopefully he just needs a few more weeks at like extended spring or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and especially if the Blue Jays like, you know, of course they were going to stretch him out to start the season. Like that's what their plan was. But at this point, like I think as long as he's capable of throwing like three innings, which that's probably all they need in the sort of role that he'll be doing. And then like, yeah, if he can three throw like three, four innings, like then that's probably enough for them to just bring him up and get him, get him some major league reps. I would think. Sounds good. I'm on board. Uh, poor guy. Can't win for losing that son of a bitch. He's always got something going on. Uh, so that those are a couple of questions from, from Caitlin's five questions piece. I would encourage you to go and read it, as I mentioned before, if you haven't already. Uh, maybe some other predictions. You said it's hard to predict, which is why, you know, people, especially today, the day we're recording here in Ontario, uh, is, is a big day for the bet- gaming. They say gaming they don't, or betting industry. They don't because they don't want to say gambling out loud. But uh, lots of questions about gambling and maybe some other kind of propositions. Uh, the Blue Jays, according to Bet MGM, the Blue Jays w- uh, total wins over under is ninety two and a half. Caitlin, will you take the over or the under on ninety two and a half wins? Ninety two and a half. That's a very good line because um, mm-hmm. I sort of look at them as like a ninety two, ninety three win team. So, I mean, I would, I think I'll take the over just because I think they'll, I think they're capable of winning 92. So I, I feel confident that they can win 93. So I would take the over on that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is uh, a offer of paying out at what is this plus 500 to win the American League MVP with Shohei Otani remaining as the favorite. Would you place, if you were the type to wager, um, which as a, as a journalist covering the team, I'm going to assume that you're not. Uh, would you would you wager imaginary dollars in the in Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s AL MVP direction? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think plus five hundred is a decent number. I kind of like Vlad to win the MVP this year. I think if mm-hmm. if Vlad and Shohei have like kind of similar identical seasons that they did last year, but in this in this situation, the Blue Jays are a playoff team. I think Vlad will win MVP. 
Because I think that voters will be like, well, we gave it to Shoei last year and Vlad was an MVP. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've been of the opinion that I think that Shoei Otani set the bar so high for himself that people are going to start expecting, if you're going to be a year after year after year MVP, we can't just give it to you because you do both these things because then it's like no contest for every other player. Um, I've talked about this before. And so I kind of think that if the Blue Jays are a playoff team and they are winning 93 win or they won 93 games and Vlad performed as well or even better than he did last year. And let's just say Shohei Otani had a really good year too, but maybe the Angels are not in a playoff spot or whatever. I think it goes to Vlad. I would be surprised. So number one, I don't think Shohei Otani will be able to do again what he did last year, which is because what he did last year was so unbelievable that to replicate it would be crazy. If he does do it again, I think he would deserve and then would win the MVP no matter where the Angels finish. I think that that's sort of, you know, as, as more and more folks like you start to fill up, take, make up the, you know, people who are, who are younger, who have a bit of a, of a, of a different type of perspective. Although you've now said out loud that you don't necessarily feel that same way. I think that, that, that the MVP has become independent of team performance, which is why Otani won before, which is why Mike Trout's won, what, three, four, four MVPs, uh, whatever the number is. Um, if Otani does what he did last year, he will win because if he does those two things as well as he's, as he does them, that makes him the best player. That's, there's like, it's whether or not that, I know, and I've had these arguments with people saying it's not fair. Like, oh, it's, if he just does these two things, he's automatically MVP. It's like, well, because doing those two things makes him the best player. It, it, no one else can do those things. No one else can make such a significant contribution to their team. Um, that said, I think at, if you can get a number like plus 500 or if they're, if they're, you know, if you, if you see something that's a little spicy for Vlad as MVP, I think that's a very fine punt to take. I would happily throw some, if I was that kind of a person, throw some money down to make Vladimir Guerrero Jr. the American League MVP. Uh, speaking of, uh, of odds, the Blue Jays have uh, some decent odds to win the American League uh, East, win the American League, and then win the World Series. Do you think the Blue Jays are going to do either of those three things? Any of those three things, I should say. I think they'll win the American League East. But you don't know that you don't. It's tough to pick, but you, you can't you don't see them winning the American League itself, I guess, is what you're trying to say. Um, I guess it's harder for me to, like, say that with confidence because I spend a little bit less time looking at the entire American League than I do about the American League East. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Houston still looks really strong to me and they play in a slightly, like I guess in on balance, probably the AL West might be a little weaker than the AL East. So mm-hmm. can they squeak out a couple more wins than the Blue Jays, you know, and finish like with 90, four wins or something. Um, that is sort of the question I have. Um, I definitely think the Blue Jays are capable of winning the American League, but I just feel like less confident in saying um, they'll win the entire American League, but I feel pretty sure that they'll win the AL East. I just, I just wonder how much the AL East just generally beats up on each other. That mm-hmm. if another team can like kind of squeak by and get like a few more wins than the Blue Jays, I don't know. I think we could see the same thing we saw last year in terms of like the 
top of the AL East just being so strong, like all those teams beating up on the rest of the league and each other, but like putting up equally impressive win totals. Um, I think that I'm not quite confident to say that the Blue Jays will win the American League. Uh, what's the state of Houston's pitching staff as the year goes along? What's the state of um, uh, the Angels' health, for example? What are the White Sox looking like? And then, you know, who is Boston going to be this year? And how are the, can the Rays do crazy things? Um, any of those, if any of those kind of teams start to wobble a little bit, I don't think that you could. I think the Blue Jays should be the favorite to win the American League um, with any questions hanging over any of those other teams. So that's an exciting thing to go into the season with, right? It's exciting, if nothing else. So with that, let's wrap this episode up. As I said before, go to theathletic.com slash spin rate, subscribe to The Athletic. You get a $1 per month for six months. That's a great deal. You can read all the season previews. You can read Caitlin's five questions. You can read about Alec Manoa and everybody. Anything else you got coming up this week, Caitlin? You're gearing up. That's it, right? It's all about gearing up. I'm just going to keep saying gearing up all afternoon. Yeah, my season preview is up right now, and I tried it to do it in a different format so everyone can go read it. It's in the style of if the Blue Jays 2022 season was indeed a movie, like Vlad said it would be. So, mm. um it's fun read, I've heard, although I guess I have to go make an update to it because Greg Bird is not going to be on the team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so well, you'll see the edited version shortly if you if you click on it uh, after you listen to this podcast. It will be edited appropriately. Um, and yeah, and then I'll just have a few more things coming out this week. Uh, a thing I did uh, talking to the pitching staff, um, which I hope everyone likes, and then just a story to get ready for the season. And then opening day, I will be there Um and you know, hopefully, a lot of you will be there as well. I'm sure the, I'm sure a lot of our listeners were going to be there, or at least making the trek to Rogers Center at some point this month. Everybody seems really excited that the Blue Jays are mm-hmm. back in town. It's a good time of year because it's a bit of a lull in the other sports seasons, as those seasons are just kind of like winding to the close, and everybody's just waiting for um, the playoffs to start. And so it's nice when the Blue Jays can kind of swoop in the beginning of April and be the exciting team for a couple weeks. Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe the Leafs will take over for a little bit Raptors, but then the Blue Jays will be with us all summer long. So I think it's nice. It's nice to have all the sports back in Toronto. Honestly, it's really cool to be, this is, this is a, a great time of the year, I think for sports fans, because you do that, get that combination of like the excitement of a season beginning with the Blue Jays. They're coming back to Toronto but also you have like the Leafs and the Raptors seasons getting to the uh, kind of the meat of their season as well with the playoffs approaching. So it's always fun at this time of year because every night on TV, there's a ton you can watch if you're a Toronto sports fan. And there's a ton you can read at The Athletic if you're a Toronto sports fan with all of our coverage on the Leafs, <laughs> on the Raptors and the Blue Jays and every other team in all those leagues. Sell it. Sell it. <laughs> but that's exciting. Feel the excitement. Blue Jays baseball coming back this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spin Right. We'll be back with another one before you know it. For Caitlin, my name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Spin Right.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.